All right. I got to tell you folks uh, that there was this interesting segment on NPR and it was called In Defense of Looting. I, I don't know if y'all have seen this, but the very title, I guess it was designed to be provocative and maybe, and it certainly was provocative. The idea is that somehow, well, <clears throat> looting can be okay in certain circumstances. I mean, you know, the from the famous uh, book, uh, Les Miserables, with Jean Valjean, who steals a loaf of bread, right? I mean, it's in def- he has to do it for the sake of his family. Um, and perhaps that's the way they feel about it. Because, you know, these big corporations like CVS and Walgreens and what have you, they, they make a lot of money. They sure do. And it's time to pay back. And, you know, taking a loaf of bread or... I don't know, it's taking a couple of uh, aspirin or some paper or whatever else CVS uh, sells, it's okay because after all, CVS has a lot of money and maybe it's time for some payback. So that's the theory about this, right? So never mind that not stealing is a fabric of our society, right? It's, it's a given that you have uh, people not stealing in order if you want civilization to continue in the way that we love civilization. So, but that they're not interested in that apparently. So they, they've managed to parse this out, take it out and managed to uh, say that somehow there's a, there's a good, good thing about looting. So I, I propose to you the following, why, why not argue that, um, that murder is okay in defense of murder. How about that? Right. And we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, but before we do that, cause I want to go have some fun with this because you could go say in defense of X, just about everything. And we want to explore that. Uh, but today I have a great guest with me. Um, and her name is Nicole Pearson. And she is uh, a really remarkable woman. She's been on my Sunday show. Uh, I've had the pleasure of hearing her speak. Um, she uh, has been zealously advocating for our children, in particular, all through California. And for that matter, the nation, as far as I see it. She's the founder of an organization called Facts, Law, Truth, Justice. It's a law firm and also an advocacy group seeking to educate, to educate and empower individuals throughout California and the world uh, to stand up for themselves and defeat illegal, unconstitutional, uh, unethical, and deadly mandates one way or the other, right? So we'll talk about vaccines. Yes, indeed, we will. Uh, she and her legal team have also been on the forefront of lawsuits against the LAUSD, Los Angeles Unified School District, the Piedmont Unified School District, Orange County Board of Supervisors, Santa Clara University, and others to strike down their illegal misconduct um, uh, and also to protect our children, our homes, our communities, our health, and of course, our freedom. So uh, this is what I love about Nicole. She's a fighter, uh, and she's exactly what I talk about in my book, Atheist and Destroys, about how to fight back. Well, just look at Nicole Pearson. How about that? <laughs> she's a great example of, of fighting back. And so I want to welcome Nicole. Nicole, welcome to the Brucklery Podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's going to be great. Uh, so, you know, you heard me in the beginning of the segment, I was talking about how if you say in defense of looting, it well begs the question, why not in defense of murder? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, there are there is a defense of killing, whatever way you want to call it, call it, right? So let's take the obvious example, abortion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah. um, a woman wants to kill her baby in the womb and 
the the defense of that is, well, you know, the baby is problematic for her, one way or the other, whatever problematic means. Um, I've got to raise this child. I don't have the finances to do so. I don't have anybody to help me. Um, you can you can logic your way into abortion. Now, there's a new bill. I don't know if you know about this, Nicole. Uh, it's, I think it's just being proposed. It's not yet a law, but a bill being proposed in California, of course. AB 2223. You know it. Uh, this is sure a bill do. that... Well, you know what? Why don't you describe it? Because I think you've got some hand on this. Go ahead. Okay. Well, just so everybody knows, Barack (laughs) tricked me into this podcast to talk about something else that I am so happy that we're talking about this. I could talk about this all day long because what you're talking about, this podcast is exactly what is wrong with our society today and is exactly why everything is going in the direction that it is going because, and uh, we can address that in one second, but you asked me specifically about AB 2223, which was a bill proposed by Senator Buffy Wicks, and it removes civil, civil and criminal liability yeah. for birth, or excuse me, excuse me, well, also birth, but for deaths to fetuses, to infants, um, even after 22 weeks of gestation. And um, in the bill, it includes the word perinatal. And they do not define the word, the term perinatal. Um, and depending on the resource that you look, whether it's WebMD, you look at the World Health Organization, for example, the World Health Organization defines perinatal uh, to include seven days after birth. If you look at WebMD, it cl- includes four weeks after birth. So what they are yeah. doing is they are, it's a, I'm trying not to talk about it the way I want to talk about it because the bill makes me so upset. Um, it's very difficult for me to talk about this bill, but essentially if you do read the bill and I would recommend anyone who sees a bill, don't say gay bill, the infanticide bill, whatever these bills, you know, the other side takes it, puts a, you know, salacious label on it. And you don't know which way is up, which is the point propaganda, read the bill. These bills are never more than a couple of pages long. Okay. Read the bill. And if you read this bill, it lays out all of a, a pregnant person's. Okay, number one, we'll talk about that in a second. A pregnant person's right, right to live, to have access to birth control, to have a fund, and they call them fundamental rights. And there's so many layers uh, of this bill. There's so many reasons why it's problematic, but they, they identify these as fundamental right. You have a fundamental right to birth control. You have a fundamental right not to have a family. So it, it, it identifies all these new fundamental rights, and then it lays out you know, we have a problem that's racial disparity. There are women that are being, you know, improperly uh, criminalized for stillbirths, for births of their children, and then put in jail. And, and, and they lay out this background. And so as a result of these fundamental rights and the background, the societal, these facts about the societal society as it is today, then they say, we're going to remove civil and criminal liability. That means you cannot be sued and you cannot go to jail for any deaths that happen after 22 weeks of gestation up, uh, and then before uh, any deaths that occur during the birth or peri- perinatal deaths. And they leave that term uh, undefined. So that's what the bill says. Um, it's horrifying. And even if you don't have, you know, without being condescending, you don't need to be an attorney, but as attorneys, you know, our job is to look and see what's the worst. Our clients say, is this a good contract? Is this a good, you know, 
city council ordinance. What could go wrong with this deal? What could go wrong with <laughs> right. this? What right? could go wrong? That's exactly. our job. That's our mm-hmm. job. And if you spin this bill out, you don't even have to spin it that far out to know that this is opening the door to just just legalizing infanticide. You cannot. Oh, this is the, the, the icing on the cake that I forgot to mention. And if you are a coroner or a law enforcement offer, officer that does initiate civil or criminal investigation of a death that occurs in these in these contexts, you, you can, can be, be sued. sued. Yeah. And if the mom, the pregnant person, excuse me, wins, she gets, he, he or she, I guess, apparently now the person <laughs> yeah, right. can recover fees from you. So it's horrifying. Remarkable. So it disincentivizes law enforcement. It, and, and it begs awful. the question, doesn't it? You know, why are they yeah. doing this in the first place? Why is this so oh. important? I mean, you, you think that, you know, it, the safe harbor concepts, right? Where if you give birth to a baby and you realize, you know what, that this is overwhelming for me. You can leave the baby at a, what, a fire station, a police station, places like that, right. even a library, I think. Uh, and you're safe. You know, no, right. no one's going to accuse you of abandonment. Uh, right. So why, why would you go the extra step and say, no, no, that's, that's not good enough. You, you can kill the child. What's, what's up with that? It, mm-hmm. So, so to me, it's a, it's a, a great, you know, dovetailing into this notion of defending murder. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it devalues life. And right. we've already talked about how abortion, the concept devalues life. Whether you're pro-choice or not, let's, let's mm-hmm. face it, it devalues to some degree. And you may be OK with it. And not you, Nicole, I'm talking no, about right, generally right. speaking, yeah. that you may be OK with that because, you know, that's important enough for me for privacy rights or whatever it is, you know, the balancing of my rights versus the baby's rights. OK, I got it. But I'm talking about how they... Uh, it's really a devaluation of life. You want, we understand that now we're going further. People call us ridiculous for saying that, you know, people might want to have abortions up to the date of birth. And wouldn't that be horrible and horrific? And they say, you're being absurd. Um, And then here we are. Right. So of course you can certainly kill your baby up to the date of birth, at least under this bill. And then as it turns out up to four weeks after, and if you can kill the baby, let's say, uh, depending on the, the more, you know, the, the limited time period of one week, as you mentioned before, well, then what if you do that nine days, 10 right? days, exactly. they're, they're going to, they're going to arrest you. Really? Right. You know, that, it's that called three the, days. They, they won't even do it because they have no incentive to, because they can be personally sued and yeah. then held liable for, do, let's say they make, let's say you're a police officer and you know that it was nine days or it was 10 days after, right? So like, yeah. okay, this bill doesn't apply to this, if it becomes law, right? So this law doesn't apply to me. So I can actually investigate <clears throat> this. But what if you're wrong? And yeah. then she sues you. Or what if you're right and she still sues you? You and I know this as litigators. Yes. It's a money, you're not gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna pay the money to get away because they have, they're disincentivizing good people to look That's into- right these built into these these deaths and and you're not going to do it because what if i am wrong what if it really was seven days and what if it wasn't nine days and what if i am wrong I and mean, then i'm going to be sued and they have to pay for her attorneys or his or her the person pregnant right. person, former formerly pregnant persons you know uh, legal fees and bills i'm not going to do that They're well yeah it's, it's interesting how how like police officers 
normally speaking, have immunity for their actions. Just like a, a, a fire uh, fighter has immunity for destroying property when he needs to go rescue somebody. Like he, he bangs down the door, right? He destroys things. He, he right. has that right to do that. And he doesn't have to right. be worried about being sued because he could have done it better. He could do it without, without less intrusion, with less intrusion, whatever, less impact. Uh, but no, 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 he's got immunity. And, and right. somehow this has all changed with that, this notion, who was that woman, I forget her name, um, who was uh, just convicted of manslaughter or voluntary manslaughter, I guess, against that guy. And she pulled out a taser instead of a gun. I forget her oh, name. Oh, the police officer. I don't remember her name. Um, yeah, I know who you're talking yeah. about. So she, and now she's arrested. So clearly there's no immunity for her behavior. Uh, there should be, should have been immunity. The question is whether or not she was negligent. Okay, there's some, right. the, the, the victim, in this case, the victim's family could have sued the city for her negligent behavior. I get mm-hmm. that. Okay. Mm-hmm. She, you could say it was excessive or improper mm-hmm. or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but to sue her directly, what do you think the impact is going to be anyway? But that's not the main point of our discussion on this particular, but, but you made an excellent point about if a, if a cop knows or anybody knows that by reporting this and pursuing a criminal conviction that they're going to be held to account I mean, of course they'll they're say, going to be forget regardless. about it. They're going to be held, reg- even if it was seven months, right? Right. You're not going to do the investigation because you know now they have the right to the private right of action to sue yeah. you and they will and you'll win, right? We always tell our clients, we know you're going to win. It's going to cost you $250,000 to get through. This is a civil trial, different than criminal right. trial. It's going to cost you $250,000, $350,000. Do you want to win? And that's how lawsuits are won, right? Whoever has the most money. Yeah. Well, you know, if there's PR, you're going to be spin it, but you're going to ruin this police officer's career or this coroner, you know, because coroners will do the investigation as well. I mean, it's, it's, it changes, it, it shifts the burden and that's not, you know, right. it disincentivizes cool. investigations of deaths of fetal deaths. And I don't know why, actually, I do know why I know why they're doing this. Um, you know, I think, uh, you were just asking, you know, you're asking why are they doing this? And if you want to give it, give them the benefit of the doubt, which I will never give the Buffy Wicks assembly, <laughs> assembly person, assembly woman to Buffy Wicks, um, the benefit of the doubt ever, because and I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you a bunch of reasons why I will not give her the benefit of the doubt, but what they have done to people, gullible people who have been, you know, the woke who've succumbed to the woke, the wokeism, yeah. the woke movement is that you take one horrifying example, you take one horrific example, absolutely. For example, when they reduce the age of consent for children to get treatment, medical care for sexual, trans, sexually transmitted diseases or, uh, you know, uh, pregnancy in schools, right? Your 11 year old can go get an abortion at school. You don't know. And because there's obviously that one horrifying example where there was an 11 year old who got, you know, raped by her father or her uncle or whoever and ended up pregnant and, and then could it, who was she supposed to talk to? And so the, the counselor is she couldn't go home with the baby because he would have beat her, right? And then beat her mom. There's a horrifying example. So then what they do, same, similar with this bill. Yes, of course. Was there one drug addicted mother or a few, not one. I don't want to say one. I, I know that there's a, a, a crisis, a, a drug crisis. Okay. So they have these small subsects of, of people who, yes, are drug addicted mothers, right? And then they have this baby, this drug addicted baby, and they go on a drug bender, right? Yes, as soon as the baby's yes. out and they leave the baby. Okay. Let's not even go to smothering the baby and stabbing the baby. They leave the baby and the baby dies. 
Okay. Yeah. And then they, they arrest the mom. She's high on drugs. The baby has amphetamines or heroin in her, in the baby. And, and then they arrest her. Okay. And, and was that like an intentional, no, was, you know, her, or her boyfriend brought her drugs or some horrifying, horrifying situation. Right. Criminal negligence. Of course it is, but yeah. they allow these exceptions and that's what we've done societally. We t- allow the exception to swallow the rule. To swallow the and rule, we're yes. Lowering yes. Kind of like a lower. That's exactly right. Exception is totally swallowing it. the rule. So, yes. look, I, I want to kind of get into this because, I mean, here we are showing an example, and Nicole, I think you laid it out so well that, you know, uh, in defense of infanticide, right? I mean, it, but what's the difference between infanticide and murder? I mean, is the idea that somehow a baby who is, let's say, two weeks old, uh, is he less worthy of living than somebody who is 30 years old or 50 years old or whatever the case may exactly. be? Let me, right. let me take it the, uh, the other, not the other extreme, but the other end of that spectrum. So in the famous book, Crime and Punishment, which you may Oh, my favorite. It's my favorite. I'm a big Dostoevsky fan. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, my favorite book is uh, The Brothers Karamazov um, of his. Oh, I haven't read that. I, I've read all of his books. The Brothers Karamazov, really fantastic. Okay. You'd like that Already also, you. but- but I, I'm digressing. It's my fault. Crime and punishment. So you, the main character is Raskolnikov. Uh-huh. And he is an atheist. And he decides that he really mm-hmm. wants to live his atheism. And, and it's all good and well to talk about how God doesn't matter. But you know what? He needs to take action. And he needs to prove to himself that he can live a, a world where uh, people do what's necessary to effectuate for the betterment of society. So what does he do? He discovers, uh, well, he thinks about his landlady who is old and decrepit. Mm -hmm. She's mean, she's cruel. uh, She just sucks the life out of everything around her. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, uh, you know, he portrays her as exactly the kind of, you know, a corrupt and mean landlady that you might expect. Anyway, he resolves to kill her because society would be better off because she's taking out welfare from the government and everything else. She's She's a drain on society. Uh, and he goes ahead and plans this and, and does kill her. But the problem is, uh, that his sister, her sister is also in the apartment and ends up being a lot more messy than he had hoped. He has to kill them both. Uh, and nevertheless, there's a, a detective assigned to the case and he's kind of a bumbler. He doesn't really kind of know even how to begin the process of of investigating. So, uh, but it's called crime and punishment for a reason. So what, what gives away a Raskolnikov? Raskolnikov himself. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a mental game. His, his conscious yeah. con- yeah. constantly plays yeah. on him and he, yeah. he, he ends guilt. And finally he confesses, even though there's been no evidence presented yeah. against him whatsoever. It's yeah. a cont- I mean, I'm sorry about the spoiler alert, but there you go. <laughs> and he ends up in, in prison. Right. Uh, and I had this discussion with Dennis Prager because he he thought that Crown Punishment is a real depressor, a real downer. And I said, are you kidding? It's one of the one of the oh, most no. joyful ends of any book I've ever read because he goes and he, he accounts to this and he's mm-hmm. suddenly responsible. Uh, anyway, the point is, uh, getting back to the, you know, the, the other end of the spectrum that I was talking about, yeah. that, you know, Skolnikov rationalized in defense of murder, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So he could mm-hmm. easily have said to himself, I'm doing the right thing. Yes, mm-hmm. I, it's 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 hard work and such. Like it might be messy, but nevertheless, I'm doing good for society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good to kill this woman, mm-hmm. right? It's good to kill um, uh, mentally retarded people. It's mm-hmm. good to kill all prisoners in in the prisons, right? right. I mean, especially recidivists. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good to kill child molesters. It's good mm-hmm. to kill people who are not productive. How about that? It's good to well, kill people a- who are on welfare, for that matter. We 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 can't handle this. Uh, right. Let's move forward with the people who are uh, who've proved to to society that they are productive and are creative and they're good people for the state. Yes, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So, in defense of murder. Mm-hmm. Now, we talked before about um, in defense of of rape. Now. You know, how, how could you play this, you know, Barack? How, how could that before, possibly be? Before we go, before we go yeah. to that, because I think what you're describing. Which, yeah. No, we don't have to. We can do both. But um, is that it's called the slippery slope, again, as an attorney. Yeah. It's called yeah. the slippery. So whose definition of productive to society? Who's right. maybe I value, I value older, you know, people who aren't right. working and bringing in money, but they watch the kids and they teach valuable lessons and they teach, they can take care of them while yes. the other generations are at work. Well, whose definition? And that's the. Well, the problem, problem is right? that they, they, and, they always ramrod down their definitions, whatever it is that's exactly. You will do in this. power. Yeah. It's whoever's yeah. in power. And so, you know, that's been my problem with this movement, or you, not with the people in the movement, but what's been going on the last two, well, for <clears> a, <throat> quite a long time, society, at least in the United States, is to me, there are certain inalienable rights, okay? There are certain fundamental right. truths. If you go to my website, you go to my Instagram handle, Facts Law Truth Justice, it says it. Self-evident truths, certain yeah. inalienable rights. There has to be some There have to be some beacons of truth, immutable beacons of truth that are just, and I hate to say this, but again, a penis is Uh a penis, a vagina is a vagina, a man is a man. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Yeah, you kind of cut out for a second, but go ahead. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, and, 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 and it's not, I don't want to talk about this, but what I'm saying is we have to operate. There have to be certain things that are true. Okay, regardless of how you feel about them. And then we operate within those parameters. But if you're constantly, and this is what is wrong, that is why people don't know what their gender is or what their religious or political affiliation is. So true. Every day they wake up and it's different. It's different. They don't know. Well, it's floating point moralities is what you're talking about. And and you're so right about that. And and that's the problem. We're we're seeing the consequences of floating point morality. Oh, floating point. Uh, so so at, and at the same time, and then I want to get back to the to the murder slash rape aspect okay. and the defense of it. And and we, we can see how it's so easy to defend uh, murder. And and soon we'll be talking about murder uh, rape. Uh, but to, kind of to your point that you just mentioned, it's interesting. And, and I'm going to dedicate a, a theme to my Sunday show about this. How. On three aspects, for example, the left, uh, and, and I really mean the godless in this in this context, mm-hmm. they will tell you that their answer is the only answer, and you're a fool to not, you know, mm-hmm. go along the ride with them. So global warming, for example, you must. But not a fool, not just a fool. It's an evil a, person, yes, yeah, yeah. evil. You're a racist. You're a misogynist. Right. I'm a woman, right? I'm a Latin. I'm Latin. You're still a misogynist. Latin immigrants. Yeah speak Spanish, you know, blah, I work and you're a racist, misogynist, ignorant, redneck, Trumper, probably Trumper right. and other people, mm-hmm. you know, but that's the thing that they always go to, you know, to lambast you for disagreeing right. with the narrative. Okay. So yeah, you're right. You're right. So, so on, on three things that I can say, so the godless will say that if you don't go along for the ride with, with the way we present what the solutions must be, 
then you're evil and all those things that you just mentioned. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, so global warming, if you don't believe in it, first of all, and if you don't uh, take steps necessary and agree to get rid of all fossil fuels and so on, you're an evil person. And, and, and that's a hundred percent. They have to, you have to go along with it. They will ramrod that down your throat. Likewise, with the COVID response, which we'll talk about in a moment as well, uh, whether it's the masking, the 15 days to flatten the curve, the vaccinations, of course, the adverse effects, mm-hmm. uh, ignoring where the virus actually came from, um, the fact that uh, Fauci was involved in, in funding uh, the Wuhan lab, uh, you know, uh, terrorists, um, th- these things, they'll ramrod that down as well. Uh, and you mm-hmm. have to believe it. And if you don't, you're against science, right? We've heard that many right. times. Right. Uh, and, then, and then finally... Uh, the new transgender nonsense, where um, if you don't go along with them, uh, and if you don't accept that a man can be a woman and so forth, well, then you're against science again somehow. Uh, and you're homophobic. And homophobic and, you're evil. and transphobic right. at the very least. You're evil yeah. in all those respects. Now, the funny thing about all this is we on the conservative side, especially Nothing. those who, <laughs> Sorry. Who, like, who, who, who love God, right? First of all, we don't do any of this crap, okay? We don't shove anything down their yeah. throat, okay? We talk about our beliefs, uh, you know, limited government is good, li- the spread of liberty is good, and so forth. Great. But the, the, the ironic thing is that there is one thing that would get rid of 98% of society's ills. One thing, and we know it for a fact, right? And that is God. God we bring right. God back mm-hmm. into the center of society, all the Schools, rapes, or, murders, yeah. uh, you know, depression, suicides, drug right. drug use, and so on. Everything that you can think of, you know, the population in prison, for that matter, would substantially reduce. Everything would be dramatically affected for the better. And we know it, and it's, it's 100% right. And yet we don't ramrod that down their throats. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. Then mm-hmm. that's, that's the irony. And in some ways, the beauty of seeing the stark difference between the left and the right. So anyway, I'm going to be uh, pushing that on my theme uh, for, for next Sunday. But let's get back to uh, the uncomfortable topic of murder and rape. Uh, so we talked about how murder, you know, you can defend murder. It's, it's very easy to do um, for all the things we just said. But now we're, we're going on to rape. Like, okay, well, I suppose we, we, we could start with the young kids because that's already happening. That's the point. They don't think that they're, they're committing rape, but they are. They're encouraging rape. They're telling kids uh, that so they have to listen to their teachers. And the teachers want to impose the transgender uh, world upon them and to say that a man can be a woman, a boy can be a girl, and so forth. Uh, and that we have to learn about this. And not only that, but we have to learn about uh, the different sexual kinds of activities there are, anal, oral, whatever, group yeah. sex for that matter. Yeah. And, and you're going to see not only see it, but we're going to groom you to the point, and that's what it, what's really going on here, folks. It's, it's about grooming. They're, they're trying to desensitize. Desensitize, and right. Destigmatize. Normalize they, they, and normalize. They, they, normalize, right. thank you. Yes, that's right. an even better word. To normalize the notion of sexual activity to the point where kids will be encouraged to have sexual activity with each other and maybe even with the teachers, right? Mm-hmm. So had this been, had you had an adult man shown so much of the material that's now being presented in school itself uh, to a young boy, a young girl, uh, they would they would have thrown him in jail right a long time ago. But now, now somehow it's legitimate. And not only that, not only is it okay, but you're a, a, a mean bastard for saying that it shouldn't be taught. That's how right. crazy it is. Right. So that's legitimizing uh, what I consider to be rape 
um, rape of the mind at the very least, uh, and child abuse in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. And and then why not why not rape uh, you know of of older women uh, and say well, okay well same, this man it's the same it's thing exactly the, the same thing and it's the same thing as the infanticide right so yeah. are there examples of children who um you know without getting you know, okay are there examples of children who are born a certain gender because there are two genders okay unless right. you are a hermaphrodite right and you have both organs or right you have general it's a hermaphrodite right when you it's have one out of a million people or something like right. that but go ahead mm-hmm. but you're born with a penis and a vagina or just some the organs right right um so with, with putting those exceptions aside you're born a, a boy or a girl male or female male or female gender and um of course there are in my opinion okay i do think that there are children that you know are not identifying with their with whatever gender that, that, that they are. Okay. So is there, is there a boy, for example, who is six or eight and he is, you know, I guess would be gay. I don't even know what the right words are anymore. Right. But he is more effeminate than he is. Right. And his parents are very, very religious. And if he told them or he did tell them that he was gay or he did tell them he thought he was, a, he thought he was actually a girl and they beat him and they threw, you threw him, mocked him in a cage age and would give him of course there there are there you know i don't know if you know but i started my work in this movement with through anti-human i've done a lot of anti-human well it was immigration which dovetailed into anti-human trafficking work which is so if you know that work there are horrifying people out there horrifying so if if, i think if we actually back up and we if you can understand that there are adults functioning adults in society that you might even do business with or see at a Starbucks who do horrifying things to other people, but especially children, including babies and six month olds. And if you can understand that, then that will frame re- it, that for me changed my life in the beginning for the bad. Right. It was very overwhelming. Well, but uh, you know, but now Nicole, I can understand and now I can actually yeah. process, but my point is yeah. another, another exception, another exception of where there was a poor boy that didn't have an outlet and then they make, now they have turned the school into a transgender propaganda machine. That is not how you address that one situation. If we took all not, the no. resources. Well, it's, 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 it's allowing the exceptions to swallow the rule, like we said. And, and the fact that, you know, right. we're talking about tyranny of the minority and everything else. But I, I want, kind of want to get back to rape as uncomfortable oh, a topic point. as it is. Yeah. So yeah. here's the point that, that, you know, and I'm going to give you a couple of scenarios. One is that. The looting, or a couple of points, the looting concept is, looting is all right, you know, so long as it's uh, less than X amount, whatever that means. So, so if it's $951, then that, that's a felony. But, you know, before it's, it's, looting of any kind should be wrong, period. And we need to right. go very hard on that. Um, but the same thing, why, why wouldn't that lead to more of a culture of rape? A culture right. where you decide, okay, well, if I'm allowed to commit crime in a looting context, why is rape so bad uh, compared to that? And, you know, and there's rape and there's rape. You know, when people think of rape, uh, they think about this, you know, some man grabs a much smaller woman and, and you know, beats the crap out of her and then forces himself upon her. It's, it's very mm-hmm. ugly as an image. But then there's, you know, uh, rape, which still is rape. Of course, we talked about um, uh, statutory rape. Uh, but there's also rape where the woman participates, but she's doing so unwillingly, and the mm-hmm. man uh, thinks he's doing it, but it's still rape, period. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of other gradations, but it's still rape. 
And at some point you, you begin to see, realize that, gosh, you know, they'll try to justify certain things. Now, mm-hmm. how about this for justification? And I'm not, it's of course not my justification. I'm saying that but some people will say, what if a black man rapes a, a woman, even violently, and uh, she's, she's white and, you know, he has done so because he wants to uh, impose some, some violence upon her because she's, you know, white as snow and mm-hmm. he perceived her to be the descendant of uh, slave owners. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, perceives himself to be the descendant of slaves. And mm-hmm. so he's kind of getting back at society, so to speak. And he has a justification of doing this. Or for that matter, in a, in a mm-hmm. sick way, he hopes that she gets pregnant and therefore creates, uh, you know, a, uh, you know, black man out of, a uh, black uh, child out of this way. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, there can be that sort of crazy rationale. Justification, yeah. Yeah, justification. So before you say that's crazy, Brooke, that would never happen. Well, wait a minute. Look what's going on in society right now. And we we talked about the uh, the AB bill where they're really justifying. Not only are they allowing uh, infanticide, and it's nothing short of infanticide, not only are they allowing it, but they're encouraging it um, by sense of saying, if you even think to bring it up, we will sue you. We'll mm-hmm. make your life a mm-hmm. living hell. Mm-hmm. So of course they won't, they won't enforce it. So mm-hmm. what is going on? It's, it's a, uh, you can do all these things. You can defend every single crime. And we mm-hmm. went to the top dog crimes, right? We went to, right. murder, to murder, rape, rape and, yeah. and uh, to lesser yeah, extent, right. stealing oddly enough. Yeah. So here we are. Those are the three things that you would think you can never justify, but they're doing it. And, and I put it to you that the reason why Nicole is, that they uh, want to get rid of the Ten Commandments. That this is a this is the best way to get rid of uh, the Ten Commandments. You, to actually violate them in every sense of the word, and to say that if you don't subscribe to the way I think about it, well, then you're evil yourself. It's an inversion of evil. So this is this mm-hmm. is the fight that we have, and you're one of the fighters, Nicole. Mm-hmm. I have to say, <laughs> Nicole. Before we wrap up, because uh, unfortunately we do we do have to wrap up, but. Um, I want to thank you, first of all, for all the great work and for your attendance here in our podcast. It's, it's always so rich with you. Um, you tell, me, tell us about a, a little bit of your work on, the, on the, the vaccine mandate fight and, for that matter, any other uh, mask fight or transgender fight that you're working on, because it's, it's so important what you're doing. Please, please uh, let us know and how we can reach you, too. Sure, absolutely. So our firm, Backslaw Truth Justice, is spearheading the really our focus has been on the children and that includes university children, even though I identify as a university age child still, but uh, truly we're fighting uh, just nonsensical mandates in schools, mask mandates and the shot mandates because they are not vaccines. So Mm -hmm. our firm has just been suing um, the LA Unified School District. It's the second biggest district in the United States um, that matriculates 600,000 students. So we went after their shot mandate. And then after that, Piedmont, we sued Santa Clara University for their booster mandate and their vaccine yeah. mandate. And we just filed suit against uh, Orange County Board of Supervisors and Orange County to end the local state of emergency. And also Placentia Your Belinda Unified School District, the California Department of Public Health and UP for the mask mandates. And we're going to challenge the mask science or lack thereof. Um, because we can't let that stand anymore. 
Thank you so much for Nicole, for all that work. It's, you know, one of the challenges I think, because I've been asked to participate, as you know, uh, in these things, and mm. I have a limited experience. I don't have the experience anywhere close to what you have. One of the challenges I imagine, and you can speak to this if you like, is that, you know, in California and the litigation world, at least, you have the luck of the draw of which judge you're going to get. So you have to worry that, um, you know, you may not necessarily get a conservative judge. In fact, you probably won't get a conservative judge. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to put odds to it, let's say you've got a 60% chance of drawing a liberal judge and one who's favorable to the vaccines, one who's mm-hmm. favorable to the mandates, in particular, the mask mandates and so forth. So mm-hmm. he's already going to spin it in his own head. He's already made a decision, regardless of right. the presentation of right. evidence. There's not necessarily going to be that neutral arbitrator um, it's not. that we would hope for. It's not like a promissory note, like did he pay the money or didn't he pay the money, right? No. This is this is a, this is what you're up against. And so, to what extent are you able to uh, hopefully be selective to get a judge that's going to be a little bit more amenable to to your argument? We're not. So in in LA, for example, we went in on the law and there were other lawsuits that followed suit because the law is so clear. And and we say all the time, I personally say all the time, the law is on our side a thousand percent. I want everyone to be very clear about that. I would not be spending time away from my young children. I have a three and a five, now three and five year old and my family and my friends, if I did not know wholeheartedly that the law is on our side, that we should win, that what's going on is evil and more vile and corrupt and that, that we should win. Yeah. Um, but so what I say that because we did a petition, a writ petition, which is not a normal complaint. Um, yeah. And we only have three judges to pull from in, in Los Angeles. So we went after you know, LA Unified School District, even though it's a hor- horrible venue, it's LA and then those judges right, are pulling from that venue um, and that population uh, because it was the biggest district and we just had to do it. My, my two law partners and I literally called no each other choice, in the yeah. night and we're like, Let, mm-hmm. let's rock and roll. We got to go. We don't care. So we did it. Um, the, the more conservative judge, the other side, 170.6 or vetoed, you know, X that judge right away. Right. And mm-hmm. we got a second judge that we vetoed. So we were only left with, with one, with one, one judge. Choice. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, so that happened. Yeah. One last choice. Yeah. I, I will say though, to your point, when we sued Piedmont and I have nothing but great things to say about the judge in Piedmont, which actually is a pretty liberal uh, jurisdiction. They wanted to vaccinate five-year-olds and up no medical or religious exemptions or personal beliefs exemptions and no remote learning program. So your yeah. child would be kicked out of school. So yeah. if they were five and up, they, they, they had just released the uh, authorization for five right. It's horrifying. So I know the facts were certainly on our side because that was the most horrifying. Uh, Piedmont Unified School District is one of the most horrifying mandates that we had seen. Yeah. However, that judge is a real liberal. In the, yeah, judge. I see what you're saying. He saw so, like a true liberal. You know, he's like the, who, the people that are going through the, the public school system need to like he really saw the people that were being the communities, minority communities, immigrant communities, blue collar worker communities who rely on the right. public school system. Uh, Nicole, have I, we, have, we have to uh, bring it to a close, but oh, this is sure. so powerful. And what you're saying is so interesting because it really speaks to the point that we spoke about before, how they always try to ram it down on your throat. Right. The Piedmont in particular, yeah. the, the, you know, there yeah. was no exceptions. This is the way it's going to be. Yeah. It's for the sake of society and everything else. Mm-hmm. And we would never do that with God. And yet, and yet they insist that we are doing it, that we're trying to ram God down their throat. Right. You know, we, don't, we don't want it that way. And we never wanted it that way. 
but but they are in fact doing it. It's a classic projection, right? Like the, the left always does totally. total mm-hmm. projections. So in any event, uh, listen, how do we get in contact with you? Is there a particular website, Nicole, that you can uh, throw it to our listeners? Backslawtruthjustice.com. And I, everyone does need to go there and go to the resources tab. We have toolkits. We have template letters for you to send to your schools, to your employers, to your legislators. And you, everybody needs to get off this you know, podcast. Go to backslawtruthjustice.com forward slash resources. It's a tab. And download the how to kill the bad bills. You have got to start calling your legislators, sending emails, sending opposition letters so we can defeat these mandates. And then see um, Sunday, everybody has yeah. to go to Grand Park in downtown LA on Sunday for the biggest rally of the West Coast. I love it. To defeat I love the it. Mandate. We got to yeah. fight. And we are behind the eight ball. We, we need to be yeah. the teachers. We need to be in the, the student council, the school boards and local yes. council for that matter. Uh, We are behind, but let's get involved and let's do that right now. All right, folks. Well, and and by the way, folks, uh, Atheism Destroys is now available on Audible. uh, So hopefully you get that. Just go to Amazon.com and and get the uh, Atheism Destroys version on Audible. It's a lot of fun. It's me speaking. I actually did the actual uh, narrating. So, uh, folks, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. And Nicole, you've been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being part of this podcast. And we will talk with you all next week. 